You are listening to Rec Talks, a podcast about recruitment and related topics. Here we interview some of the sharpest, most knowledgeable and inspiring people in the industry. Short, concise and fun. Rec Talks is hosted by Radin Goldrock, who has extensive experience from the recruitment and consulting industries. The podcast is produced by RefUp, the market leader in digital reference checking. Welcome to Rec Talks. Hey, and welcome to Rec Talks. My name is Radin Galdrock. I'm from RefUp. With me today is Per Schoenberg from Pipe Labs. Uh, per, very nice to have you here today. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Can't you tell me a bit about what does Pipe Labs do and why, what are sure. we going to talk to, about today? Okay, so what Pipe Labs is, we're, 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 we're a simple recruitment service firm. Uh, so what we do is that we offer all of our clients access to world-class talent acquisition uh, as a service. Easy to buy, no hidden fees, and deliver amazing results. Excellent. And we had this discussion before. Uh, both me and you, we worked with sourcing and search and, and the sort previously. And I was complaining that my experiences were like, it's dull, it's boring. And uh, what did you tell me? That you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I know. And like what you said, that it's dull and boring or it's something that's quite like transit-like. It's a yeah. profession you start as a sorcerer, which in and of itself is just insane to me. Like the people that know the least is going to do the most hard part. It's bizarre. But you do it for a couple of years and then you think it's so boring because it's like, oh, this incredibly heavy, lifty thing. There's lots of no's. It's no fun, yada, yada. So it's boring. It's a bit like cold calling, isn't it? It's a bit like cold calling. But do you think that sales is boring now? Not at all. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So I would say like the proper way of doing sourcing, or I'm not going to say the proper, the way that we approach sourcing yep. would be equivalent of the boring thing that you did before, that's cold calling. What we are doing is sales. So we're having a bit of a different approach. We use a lot of design thinking when we do it. We try to make sure that on our end, we take a lot of responsibility in terms of doing proper market and candidate research before we even look at a candidate's profile based on what we've gotten from the client. Uh, we work in a very, very small cohort, so we never populate a long list with like 100 names or 150 or 20. Six to 12 makes sense for us. Uh, taking the time to actually start understanding what's behind the, the LinkedIn profile trying to find more information using secondary databases without being creepy and stalky, but actually trying to understand like well, what is these people doing and what could we possibly offer them. And then we talk to them. Then we have actual dialogues with people. And then we have a couple of feedback loops where we can take what we learned speaking to candidates. So when we do the second or third or fourth or fifth cohort, we're going to learn more, we're going to know more. So it's much more of like this iterative, quite alive process that with our approach more or less always leads to conversation. It's not like copy-pasting that same dull messaging and hoping to have luck to send it to someone that just had a fight with the boss and is looking to move, but are actually going like understanding stuff. And when you do it like that, for me at least it's fun because like understanding implies learning and, and learning is fun. And when you told me like the numbers be behind it, it sounds also like Ex besides being a, a more fun way, it was a more effective way also. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, take response rate. So just yeah. the act of sending something to a person that hasn't asked for the message in itself, yeah. how many percentage-wise will respond to that? Yeah. We're seeing more or less like consistently 90 to 100%. Which means that even if they're not interested in speaking about the job, they're still seeing that we have taken the time to do something 
in relation to them, which differentiates us from the rest of the market, which means that they at least get back to us and go like, yeah, this isn't for me, or the timing isn't right, or whatever it might be. Uh, then we, of course, look at positive response rate as well, which is people that we reach out to that is not only responding, but actually interested in moving forward in the process. And those numbers are also quite high. Not as high, of course, but somewhere, depending on the role, depending on somewhere between 40 and 80 percent. And just to put this in context, this is like in scarcity context where the, the focus groups, they get like emails on a weekly basis, right? Quite often more than that. Yeah. Uh, so we're, it's, every, of course, technical roles. We do a lot of technical recruitment because that's usually where a lot of our clients need uh, assistance and help and where they're used to buying the kind of services that we offer. But we also do it for anything from customer success to, to really client-facing thing to business leaders to salespeople to uh, uh, CEO, CXO, C whatever O's. Uh, so it's more or less like consistent across the board. Yeah. And this design thinking you were, you were talking about previously, like isn't that, that sounds like a very elaborate and complex uh, way to know. Tell me more about it. So the, the only thing that differentiates it is, of course, our, our process is slightly differing. But what we don't do is that traditional serialized way of conducting sourcing research. You get the request or you have the JD or whatever it might be. You start doing some basic ass Boolean. Then you start populating a list from anywhere between, like, I don't know, like 40 to 150. Say that. Would that be like a... Yeah, sure. Go with that. And then you start taking time crafting a script or even worse, copy pasting a previous one, just changing a couple of words. And then you send it out and then you sit there waiting. That, that's like you do A and then you do B and then you do C and then you do D. And then if you fail in terms of using that long list that you put together and no one responds, then you go back to A and then you A and B and C. That constantly. What we try to do is break it up to a much more, um, a process that's much more aligned. So it's much more of a staccato process going like we can loop things very quickly. Uh, since we work with smaller cohorts, we can actually focus on things. We have a lot of built-in feedback loops, as I said, between the different things. We do a lot of focus work internally before we even look at a candidate. So understanding the market, understanding the client, understanding the talent pool, understanding what sort of value prop we're looking at and what could possibly be interesting for who is that interesting. Where are the people that are interesting? Who are the competitors? What can we use inferred logic or can we extrapolate from what we learned to start building a clearer ID before we even type in a Boolean thing. Yeah, that sounds like uh, quite different from this like mass spammy um, message. Yeah, yeah, that's very conscious. Yeah, so taking this from like a, a generic talent acquisition point of view, if I if I'd like to uh, implement this way of working within my organization, uh, how would I go about that? Uh, right now we don't have everything public, but that's because we're still like designing the visuals to make yeah. it explainable. We have everything on our Notion, but our Notion isn't public yet. It's a part of our framework. We're going to make everything accessible to anyone because we don't believe that, like, it's not proprietary thinking. Yeah. It's applying a bit of what I would say common sense. Like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get the interest of someone who is, hasn't asked for me to get a hold of them. Maybe I should try to learn something before I interrupt their daily workflow with an unsolicited message. Yeah. Like just using that as a basic thinking starting point, understanding that candidates tend to be people as well. Yeah. Not always, but they tend to. Sure. So approach it as a, as a 
not an outreach problem, but like how can we start engaging in conversations that make sense? Yeah. Our answer has been using a process. Of course, everything is mapped. We have um, like templates that is so we can easily redo it and save information and stuff like that. But basically, it's not proprietary information. It's just like learn who you're working with on the client side. Start trying to understand the market that you're moving into and the talent pools that you're trying to attract. What could possibly be, be attractive for them? Try to map out where the most interesting candidates possibly are. Just like start having some sort, sort of workflow in it. And then start doing your research. If you're trying to find candidates and you see that a couple of them are really engaged in open source project and you're working with a client that does open source governance, maybe that could be interesting for them. Our guess is yes. Yes. It does take a little bit more to start up a process in terms of more steps and non-traditional steps if you're used to the like the way that you and I did sourcing beforehand. Yeah. Because it's a rethinking of what you do. And sometimes we still like move go into a trap of going like, yeah, of course we know how to do this. We've done it thousands of times before. We go da and a long list, but yeah. And then we have people since uh, we always work team-based, we always have a control function and stuff like that. There's always someone in the team going like, uh-uh-uh, take it back, what are we trying to do here? Yeah. So it's all about being like conscious. About like quality thing. control. Yeah. And I know that being like seasoned within the talent acquisition business, we talked about this previously also, like this has something to do also with like how you express yourself in the, in the larger uh, realm, like how do you communicate to candidates in uh, in a, in 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 general, uh, I know that y you said that uh, a lot of companies that have this take that we just communicate to everybody the same, but it also attracts the very few. Yeah. Can't you just uh, elaborate on that? Not the very few. Can you swear on this thing? Sure, if you want to. It attracts fucking no one. <laughs> Go ahead. Like yeah. like honestly, no one is interested of that. But we have taught ourselves, we taught the candidate market yeah. used in the, the wider sense that this is a recruitment process. So everybody has normalized shitty processes and shitty behavior that isn't taking the end result into account, right? Yeah. Because we're just used. The thing is, I have this unique recruitment process. First, I do a screening and then I do a first interview. That's more of a culture fit, culture ad thing. And then we do a tech. There's nothing unique about that. Yeah. But still, we're just trying. To, we're still like doing it the same way because yeah. we're used to it. Right? And this like bland, you know, uh, career site. If you like ping pong, you like micro breweries and stuff. Of course, and we're a family here, yeah. or, or we're uh, a family-like atmosphere. You can get fired from this particular family, but still, we're kind towards each other. And it's like it's quite. Um, but you get some merch, though. You get some merch, but it's quite reductive. It's like yeah, I get it. I mean, people are adults because you can't have child labor, so at least we need to assume that they're adults. Go like, okay, we're trying to do good things in a professional manner. Here are tool sets that supports you. You're gonna get yada yada in terms of a career progression. We understand that you're not looking for a gold watch, but this is what we can do as value add towards you and your career and your progression. What we ask from you is that you solve these problems that we have in a timely and orderly manner. You don't like act like an asshole and value add. Yeah. And if you're a programmer, then these are the, I don't know, USPs that we'd like to show to you. Yeah. And if you're a finance guy, maybe this other stuff is more of interest. Absolutely. And today with the kind of digital tools that we have, and I mean, you guys are, are like examples of that. Using a tool like Refat could still be very much value add, even though it's further on in the yeah. process. And it isn't hard doing templates in such a way that it isn't time consuming necessarily yeah. to do five career pages that speaks to different sort of talent pools. 
and like everyone speaks what? to some type of persona or yeah. archetype persona or archetype or and it can be very very niche yeah depending on your needs we're working with one client that is it's like a very deep tech firm they do i have no idea what they do yeah sure which isn't my role it's their role to know what they do yeah but like they're not interested in anything else but that deep down we, can, we more or less can do that. just publish five dissertations from other people working in the r d function going like do you want to do this i don't understand it but you might is it interesting and that's a much better career page than going you get five weeks paid vacation and a fruit basket because working with people who can write the dissertations that's the interesting part for that particular talent pool yeah. for another it might be something completely different we're doing a, a a bigger like pilot that when you look at what that actual talent pool is asking is could i can i work in a bank without an education from a university yeah. that is the most asked question and none nowhere there's an answer for that yeah on the career page but the answer is yes mm -hmm. So if you ask that question, and that is what is top of mind for that particular talent pool, if you never answer that question, how are you going to make them attracted to the rest of the offering? So that thinking is something that we're, but, it's but, also very important when it comes to sourcing. It, it also sounds like just basic marketing principles, like get to know yeah. your focus group. Absolutely. And it, I, I think, like thinking back to my own peers, it, it might be some type of, you know, I don't know if it's laziness, but we just get stuck in our, our ways, you know? I, I got dragged into a, to a, a conversation on LinkedIn today, like uh, someone wrote a question on a thing, um, going like, okay, how can I measure ROI in terms of sourcing and content? And we were speaking about like response rates and stuff, and the thing is like, no, you can't. For that, you need to do attribution, like in proper attribution. Who does attribution well? Well, it isn't HR or TA, it's marketing. Yeah. So once more, we can steal that from marketing or steal. If you go and ask them, most of them are really happy to, to show you how it's done. Or we could include marketers in our teams. If you have it in-house, yeah. which isn't a given. Yeah. Um, on our end, so since we have a framework that we're from, if we have a question that's specific to uh, a speciality like a marketer or, or a demand gen person or, or a data analyst, we can find a market person or a data analyst and ask them that question because they are always going to be better at their particular niche then you're going to be able to learn as a generalist just adopting it. Yeah. So inviting the different specialists, that is kind of like what gives you insights into how to improve your work. And when it comes to like TA, understanding attribution, what actually makes people interested, just having that, that's a custom feel in your ATS. And one question for every candidate. It's really easy, yeah. but it's really powerful data. Yeah. Pat, I know that we could just sit here and talk all day yes. long. I know that you produce a lot of content on your own LinkedIn, at least. I've seen that. So there's a lot of golden nuggets to find there. But just to wrap this up, like if I'm a talent acquisition specialist or I'm a talent acquisition manager, how do I go about if I want to leave the you know, uh, LinkedIn template trenches, how do I start and what do I do then? So if you, if you find sourcing boring, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of excellent resources out there, how to start working with design thinking, mapping out candidate journeys and stuff like that. Just start doing it. Because if you think that sourcing is so boring and terrible and uh, non-engaging, that your solution to it is to make sure that the most junior person in the team, or when you bring in someone directly from school, is the one doing it, because it's the boring work, the basic work, I would absolutely say that one of the absolute most complex part about any recruitment process is sourcing. Excellent. Thank you for attending uh, Rec Talks. Thank you for having me. Excellent.
You have been listening to Rec Talks with Radin Goldrock, a podcast produced by Refup. If you want to get in touch with us, email info at refup.se. Thank you.